Today we continue in our series called Taking Jesus Literally. And we're going to look at Matthew chapter 10, um, finishing out that chapter starting in verse 40 today. Jesus says, those who receive you are also receiving me, and those who receive me are receiving the one who sent me. Those who receive a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Those who receive a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. I assure you that everybody who gives even a cup of cold water to these little ones, because they are my disciples, will certainly be rewarded. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the modern manners section of the summer edition of the magazine Real Simple, a letter comes in from a reader. She is complaining that her neighbor's children who are six and nine years old, have made a habit of playing in her front yard. And she is annoyed because they keep coming back. How do I get them to stop, the reader asks in her letter. Now in a manners section, you might think that we would hear some encouragement to go and make the kids some lemonade and to embrace the neighbors. You might assume that the message would be to enjoy the happy noises of kids playing and that it won't happen for very long. You might even think that the author could say, ignore it and buy a pair of noise-canceling headphones that you probably already own because you're writing into Real Simple. But that's a whole other thing. However, this is 2023 in the United States of America. So in our etiquette section written for upper-middle-class women, the advice that comes back is this. I'm so mad your neighbors have put you in this position. And then she quotes the moral guide, apparently, of our day, a real housewife of Beverly Hills. And she encourages the homeowner to confront the neighbor. Then, if that doesn't work, to write a firm letter if they don't desist. And finally, if they don't stop playing, to put a private property sign on her lawn. I'll just share an aside. There's a private property sign right in front of a mailbox by where I park to pick up the kids from school. And I proudly park right in front of that sign. But that's a whole nother problem about my own. Anyway, ask me about it later. Finally, the etiquette expert says, we work hard to have our own space. It's our peace of mind, and we cannot feel guilty about that. In the world that Jesus inhabited, hospitality was a big deal. Now, I'm not talking about hospitality like garden parties and proper tea. I'm talking about what Jesus sent out the disciples to rely upon when he sent them to go and do his work with nothing on their backs. And somebody was supposed to receive them and welcome them in. And Jesus seems to say, when they receive you, they are receiving the very message, the very gospel, the good news that you are bringing. In Jesus' world, receiving a messenger was the same as receiving the person 
themselves. So Jesus can say, those who receive you are also receiving me, and those who receive me are receiving the one who sent me. This seems like a very short and simple scripture for us, the kind where the preacher reads the three verses and says, oh Lord, what do I say about that? You kind of understand that one. And we've had multiple weeks, right, where Jesus seems to be saying three different things in the text and we almost have to choose which thing to get offended by. But there is a depth to this hospitality that Jesus is encouraging. If a person receives someone whom Jesus has sent, they are in effect receiving Jesus himself. And if that person receives Jesus, then they are receiving the Father because the Father sent Jesus. Here is what I want you to see today. Receiving God is not only done by practicing what we might call spiritual disciplines or spiritual habits or practices. We don't only receive the presence of God in our lives through quiet times of prayer and scripture reading. Indeed, we do in those times, and those are good. We also receive God, however, by receiving the gift of others. The neighbor who doesn't want the kids on her yard does not seem to be very open to the gift of receiving the other. And she's encouraged to not receive them. She's encouraged to fight for her own space and to be the utter opposite of a good neighbor. When I was a kid, we'd play ball in my grandparents' backyard, usually on Sunday afternoons. And I was one of those seven-year-old boys who was playing with some type of ball all of the time. And the constant warning was this, You can play whatever ball you want in grandma and grandpa's backyard, but you do not let it go into those backyard neighbor's yard over that fence. It was almost like the beast in the sandlot lived there or something like that. So inevitably, what would happen each time? A ball would end up in the neighbor's backyard. Now, I don't know what had happened previously, but these neighbors had become the people who you didn't want to have your ball go into their yard. As my kids get older and a little bit more self-sufficient, it becomes easier to move through the routine of life and pay less intentional attention to them. I can appreciate the peace and quiet just a little bit more, or in reality, waste a little bit more time looking at something dumb on my phone. And I miss the opportunity to receive the gift that they are. And here's my question. What do I miss when I don't receive them? Was it just the little girl cuteness that is only going to hold on for so long? Or did I also miss the gift of God's presence? Jesus can tell us, I assure you that everybody who gives even a cup of cold water to these little ones because they are my disciples will be rewarded. And here's the key word in that verse that Jesus just says, even. I assure you that everybody who gives even a cup of cold water. Jesus acknowledges that we don't always have to be doing enormous actions. Sometimes in my spiritual psyche, I have the idea that I have to do big things for God. And while incredible things have been done in the name of God, thousands of people brought into relationship with God in a single event. Hospitals and universities started. Sometimes the most important things have been the little things, the even a cup of cold water. 
There is an intentional energy that is required of us to receive people. It's not that it's hard, but it keeps us from becoming those neighbors who are so mad that the six and the nine-year-old are playing on the lawn. And it requires a constancy and an awareness. The great philosopher Ferris Bueller once said, if you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. I mean it, great philosopher. As a church community, you all do this. You are good at receiving people, at looking out for them. Perhaps this gift of receiving others is one of the greatest gifts that we offer to our community as we connect isolated people with God's family. Some of you are on the care team and you make sure that when a person or family is going through a surgery or a hard time that there is food, a ride, and maybe a couple of less things to worry about. That is a gift. You are receiving Jesus. Some of you quietly and diligently write cards. You don't miss a person in this church's birthday or anniversary or a death in their life. You do this because you know how much it means to receive a card like this. To know that someone is thinking about you and loves you. You know the intent it requires to send something at least four days in advance, which mesmerizes those of us who are millennials and younger. And you do this quietly. You're receiving Jesus. Some of you aren't sitting here today because you're wearing a bright orange shirt and ministering with our kids. Week in and week out, you serve the children and you show them literally about Jesus, but also in your love and care for them even more, you show them Jesus. Others of you are youth leaders, bringing a smorgasbord of unhealthy snacks, dealing with their ridiculous jokes, and letting teenagers know that they have adults in addition to their families who love them and who are there for them. They can trust you, knowing that you've been through life a little bit more, and trusting that being a teenager is hard sometimes. You're receiving Jesus. Some of you bring food each week as part of your shopping routine and you quietly drop it off for the food pantry that helps make sure that about 10 families have what they need. You don't ask questions about the worthiness or qualifications of each family. You just know that they must be hungry and you can help. Some of you help with time and are here every other Saturday morning. You may have served all throughout the pandemic realizing that as you served the regularity of serving every Saturday was helping give you and others life. I'm also helping you know what day it was of the week. You're receiving Jesus. In Hebrews, the author said, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. This verse in Hebrews is another way of reminding us of the sacredness of every day. That we are dealing every day with people who are made in the image of God. And we have the opportunity to receive the gift of God in the other. Perhaps this is what we need to pray for, the patience, the steadfastness, and the intentionality required to see God's image in one another. The band, The High Women, have this beautiful song from their album that came out a few years back called Crowded Table. I encourage you to give it a listen soon, maybe even this afternoon. They embody the spirit 
of what we call as a church, pull up a chair in their chorus. When they say, I want a house with a crowded table and a place by the fire for everyone. Let us take on the world while we're young and able and bring us back together when the day is done. I wish you could have known Adelaide. Adelaide was the name of my wife's grandmother. And she lived in this old beach house right on the ocean in Atlantic Beach, Florida. And Adelaide loved, loved getting people together. At family holidays and dinners, there was always a person there, another person or two who needed a family or who needed a place that time around. There was always another place at the table. And Adelaide kept a constant supply of appetizers on hand. Whether cheese and crackers or those frozen things you can heat up in a few minutes, Adelaide was always ready to share food with anyone and to encourage community. And in her kitchen, one of the things that we got after Adelaide passed away was a circular plaque that had the verse from Hebrews in the King James Version, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. In the bridge of the crowded table, the high women sing, The door is always open, your picture's on my wall. Everyone's a little broken and everyone belongs. Yeah, everyone belongs. Everyone belongs. That's the message of Jesus. Are our circles open with an extra chair, always inviting someone else to come in and to be a part? Or are they closed off like a private club like a group of high school girls, backs turned to you, not willing to let anyone else in. Where someone walking by knows that there isn't a space for them. Where people worry that their ball might go into your yard. Might we dare to open our eyes a little more to receive the person who needs to be received. Amen.